0: The normal seven-hour drive from Lviv to Kiev would take much longer, Maxim warned, based upon the convoy's own limits and the checkpoints along the route, especially after Zhytomyr, more than halfway. Maxim arranged a special pass for Peter, although it was not necessary, merely to update his commander and others in his unit, that the van that followed them was not a threat. In exchange for his escort, Peter would let the military unit fill his van with more humanitarian supplies and also munitions. Weighted down, the van limped behind the transports all day and night until they reached the last checkpoint before entering Kyiv. At the stop, Maxim approached Peter's van and warned him. Don't get lost, he sternly advised. Your pass is good for another day or two, I think. Get to Novobilichi only after you've entered Kyiv city. Peter understood and rechecked his map while Maxim pointed at the pertinent details. You are a hero to the people of Ukraine, Peter offered when he shook Maxim's hand goodbye. Not so, Maxim laughed. Ukraine is our mother. My men and I are merely her protectors. Peter tried to comprehend, but mortars in the distance fired. By the way, Dr. Williams, Maxim added as his unit emptied Peter's van of its load. She loves that stupid plant you gave her. She thinks it's you. He smiled his cheeky grin and returned to his transport to motor away in the dark. For the first time since meeting him, Peter admired Maxim's charm and affable grace. Peter turned north on his last leg of his difficult trip. As he made the exit, a panic attack hit him and he felt he could not breathe. No one in Liliana's neighborhood who were able to evacuate had sufficient time to prepare. Signs of abandonment quickly appeared in her district while the distant shelling remained constant. Nearby, the whole of Irpin, within range of Russian artillery, was declared unsafe. She had no idea when Peter would arrive, but as she received Maxim's text in the early morning, she supposed it any time. Throughout the day, as she packed, Liliana made Mrs. Vasilenko comfortable as she propped her up in bed. Inside one bag of luggage, Liliana packed both of their traveling clothes, sundry toiletries, a few family pictures, and such. She had a separate small tote for the root ball of Peter's dormant plant she had kept by her window. In its soil, to preserve it in case they were stopped by Russians, she hid Peter's pearl. By nightfall, as she waited with nothing to do, Liliana's anxiety mounted in the obscurity of a lightless street. A car slowly pulled by their gate. When she heard the chains rustling, she peeked outside to make sure it was not an intruder. At that moment, she heard Peter swear as he scraped his knuckle in the gate's lock. Within a split second, she was in his arms, crying and kissing his face and lips. she will need checking by a doctor, Peter talked with the humanitarian agency for which he and Ben had volunteered. Fortunately, the contact recognized him and moved Mrs. Vasilenko into an adjacent waiting room to queue in line for the attending physicians. If we keep her rested, Peter offered consolation to Liviana, she'll be fine. Liliana rested her head against his shoulder as they sat in the hard chairs in the outside hallway. The hall was nearly as cold as the outside air, and Peter held her hands to warm them. She whispered into Peter's ear, I love you, as Ben walked through the entrance doors and surprised Peter. Bullet holes, he asked. You have bullet holes in the side of our van? Another story, Peter replied with a smile. Glad to see you too. This is Liliana. Peter announced and drew her close to his side. Ben explained how his attempt at finding a ride back to Warsaw had miserably failed. Thus, he had located a cheap room where the press lodged and waited for Peter's return. It was the medical agency that had alerted him to the van parked outside. Warsaw, Peter started, but Ben cut him off. All arranged, he answered as if he had read Peter's thoughts.